Today, uh, church, we call this day that we have once a year our Beyond Sunday. Our Beyond Sunday. Now, when they said to this, I thought they said our Beyonce Day. I'm like, what, all the single ladies? All the single ladies? No, 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 I didn't really. Danielle thought it was our Beyond Day, as in Abba. She wanted to do Mamma Mia. But apparently it's not. It's our Beyond Sunday. It's our Beyond Sunday. And, and so this is perfect because we're in the season uh, of uh, uh, looking at the values of our church. And last, the last two weeks, we talked about prayer as we stormed the heavens uh, for as a church for the miracle of our land and what God's got. Keep praying. The end of this month, we'll have a, a significant pre-lodgement meeting with the council about the zoning on our land uh, down at uh, Rainforest Drive that we're looking to sell. And the rezone is the key component of selling for the, the price that we want. Uh, I, I think it's still up on on uh, YouTube, United, from Wednesday night. If you weren't there, you'll get a bit of an update. So check that out on YouTube, our United night. Um, and so we've been praying. We talked about that, that value of prayer. We are a praying church, all right? And so uh, let, let us just go, we'll start with the starting point, which is our vision. So our vision as a church, and you know what? Before we put it up on the screen, don't give it away. This is my, my aim is, by the end of this series, that we're all able to say what the vision of our church is. And there's, there's three components of it is. All right, so let's say our, our vision is, what's the first component? We're building a church. We build the church. Okay, cool. To what? The, to, yeah, the transform lives is part three. Part two is? To see Jesus glorified. All right, now we can put it up and we can all go on here together. Remember, there's three things. Our vision is to build a church. Okay, the, the church part is because we believe that when Jesus said, I will build my church. He was committed. The only thing he said he would build was his church. And so Jesus is still building his church. And Paul said, I'm partnering with him as a master builder, as a foreman. So we, we, we believe that the church should be the center of the hope of the world, of Christ coming to the world. That's why we're church people. And everybody said? All right, we could not set up about three levels, I reckon, but I keep going. Okay, so we're building a church where Jesus is glorified. Okay, we're here. We want to see Jesus glorified. We, we use that we say Jesus glorified because right around the world, if we were to say God is glorified, that could mean many things to many different people. But we're absolutely clear that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, is God Himself, and we're building a church where He is the center and He is glorified. All right. And that means all sorts of different things. But one of the greatest ways that Jesus is glorified, not just in worship, is through lives being transformed. When your life is transformed and goes from being in darkness and needing a mentor, thank you, Sandy, when your life is in that area and gets transformed and now you're accused of being, you know, brand new lovers, how good is that? That's awesome. That's a transformed life. And you know what? That brings glory to Jesus Christ when our lives are transformed. And so this, this is the, the third part is that our lives are transformed. That, and he, here's the thing. If you stick around this church for a year and you do three things, if you stick around this church for a year, if you come to church every Sunday, 
If you get involved in a small group and you discover your gift and serve in a team, you'll find that your life will be transformed radically by the power of God. That's, what, that's the way we operate, and I see it time and time and time and time again. Get involved, come to church, join a group, and serve on a team in an area of your gifting, and you'll find God will grow you and your life will be transformed. We're all about lives being transformed. That's people who don't know Christ meeting Christ. That's people who are already Christians, getting, getting set free, getting healed, getting renewed, discovering their purpose. This is our vision. So let's all say it together. Our vision is, one, two, three, to build a church where Jesus is glorified and lives are transformed. Doing so well. You're on fire this morning. All right. And so, so the, the value that we want to focus on today last two weeks has been praying, is one about being compassionate. So if we could put this slide up here, that would be great. Okay, our church is a compassionate church. We shine God's love into our community and beyond. And Michael and Kate Gentle, you made the photo there. How's the, how good is that? Stand up, Michael and Kate. Uh, I know it feels a little bit like uh, it's whatever clothes are on the screen are the clothes that you wear today. Because I was on the screen before in this shirt, and I'm wearing this shirt, and you're wearing that shirt, and that was on the screen earlier. It's not technically that, but anyway, Michael and Kate are our compassion overseers. All right, so our church is a compassionate church, a compassionate church where we shine God's love into our community and beyond. Uh, many churches use the expression missions. Uh, in our church, we, we've uh, sort of updated missions because in many people's minds, missions can mean a certain thing. It can mean sending your used tea bags to your long-lost cousins on their missions in Africa. Honestly, I, I grew up with that kind of mindset. So, so we use the word not missions but beyond. It's the same thing, but that's the word we use around here, beyond, beyond the walls of our church beyond and beyond is not just overseas it's local and overseas it's in on the sunshine coast around Australia I, I grew up in a home uh, a Christian home a wonderful Christian home my parents were missionaries in the northern territory into aboriginal communities uh, Elko Island uh, Menangrida they both went up separately one from Brisbane one from Victoria and uh, my dad was a farm hand and his gift was farming and so he wanted to use that gift to serve God God and to reach people. So he went uh, uh, with the Aboriginal Inland Mission to Northern Territory as a single, a single guy. And my mum was a nurse and a midwife. And so she went to, to go and help deliver babies in the Northern Territory. And she went, I've, I've got photos of my mum being dropped into uh, with a plane and a white pilot and about 30 black as black uh, Aboriginal people. And my mum, this little white lady with her white uh, nursing uniform on, she would be dropped in. Uh, by the pilot, left there for weeks at a time because there was a cholera outbreak or some sort of outbreak, and they'd drop her off there and she would give all the medicine and all the needles, and then three weeks later, they'd come and pick her up. They didn't know her. Many of them couldn't speak English, but that was that was my parents' life. They actually met up there, not particularly romantically, but they ended up getting married, and uh, they adopted three Aboriginal kids and because uh, they didn't think they could have kids, and then lo and behold, my brother came along, and then four years later, I came along, and uh, 
And yeah, that, that's, that's kind of where it all stopped. So, so you know, I've grown up with the, the, the heritage, the understanding that, that compassion uh, is a mark of Christianity, that compassion and kindness to those who are disadvantaged, or those who are poor, is, is an essential part of the faith of every believer. It's, it's long been the mark of the church. And when, when it was told about Jesus, it, it went like this. It said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the good news to the poor. The good news to the poor. Now that is poor in spirit, those who are disconnected from God, but it was also a statement about reaching to people who who were left out, who were marginalized in their society to say, hey, the good news is not just for the wealthy. The good news is not just for those with status symbol in our society. The good news is for everybody. Doesn't matter your address, doesn't matter what side of the street you were born on, doesn't matter what country you were born, the good news of the gospel is you can have a relationship relationship with God and your life transformed. Come on, give him a clap right now. So the theme right through the Bible, and today I wanna, I'm so proud of our church and what we are doing within our community and beyond, and I want us just to capture the importance of this value today. And the theme right through the Bible, if you're to read the Bible, is, is that the heartbeat of God has always been for the disadvantaged, always been for the widow, always been for the orphan, always been for the foreigner, always been for the stranger in our midst, the person who maybe doesn't fit in. That's the theme throughout the Old Testament. It tells you many times in Proverbs, and I'll just read one this morning, it says, it's criminal to ignore a neighbor in need, but compassion for the poor, what a blessing. The Bible tells us when you give to the poor, you lend to God. And God is no one's debtor. God will always look after those whose focus and heart is on those who are disadvantaged. It's part of the, the nature of the gospel. You can read right through the Old Testament. The way God set things up was, was that the, the foreigner, the, the stranger, the, the, the poor, the widow, the fatherless were always to be looked after by God's people. Always to be looked after. In fact, one of the criteria as you come into the New Testament, if someone was to be a pastor or an elder, they had to be able to be hospitable to strangers, hospitable to people they don't know, hospitable to people who don't connect in yet. It's, it's woven into the very fabric of church, the way to be reach out to those. Jesus himself came reaching out to, to groups of people who the, the church of the day said, well, they're outcasts. Don't go near them. They don't deserve it. But since when has the gospel been given to those who deserve it? The gospel's never been given to any of us who deserve it. It's the love of God. Uh, James puts it like this. I love James. He's very practical in uh, James 1.27. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. My prayer is that we would always be a church whose hearts and minds and doors are open to the disadvantaged, the disenfranchised, the marginalized, the forgotten, and the overlooked. That that would always be a mark of our church that we reach beyond. And I want to just uh, share three things that happen quickly, and then I'm going to just tell some stories about what we do and ways that you personally can be involved in reaching beyond the walls of our church and the walls 
of our homes. And so three things happen when we, when we look beyond our, the walls of our church. Okay, three things happen. The first is, and there's many, but I'm going to point these out. The first is when we help the poor or the disadvantaged, we are literally helping Jesus himself. We're literally helping Jesus himself. Jesus tells this story, and it's, it's captured in Matthew 25. He, he says it like this. The, the picture in heaven is there's a whole lot of people standing before the throne of God on judgment day, to the left and to the right, goats to, the, to one side, sheep to the other. And he says these statements, the king will say to those on his right, enter into the kingdom of God. You are blessed by my Father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. And here's why. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering, you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. Then those sheep are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Jesus, when were you ever in prison? When were you ever sick? When Jesus, what do you mean I came to visit you? They ask this question. What are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? When did you ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? And then the king will say, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it for me. The Bible is very clear that we're not to do things for people so that they can repay us. We're not to do things, we're not to invite people over or, or in the sense of so that we can get the invite back, but we're to invite people who can't reward us into our home, into our lives, into our world. And in doing so, we're doing it for Jesus himself. That's the first thing. The next thing is that when we help people in need, they experience the love of God. Now, I love when people come to the, to the house of God, come to church, come to this service, and, and I know that because of the prayer and because of the worship and because of the hearts of this amazing group of people here at C3, when people come, I'm very confident that people are going to experience the love of God. I'm very confident that they're going to experience a touch of heaven in worship. I'm very confident that, that somewhere through the service or through the, the foyer or through the car park, at, at some moment uh, dropping kids off to creche or kids' church or, or getting a coffee, at some moment when the car door is open, someone is going to experience a sense of the smile of God when they come to church. That's, I'm very confident that's one of the things that we want to happen at church. People practically experience the love of God. But here's the thing, many people aren't in church right now. And many people aren't on their way to church right now. And in fact, the only time they'll ever have that, that same experience is when we go into their world and when we do something practical, when we help them. And in that moment, that is the tangible experience that people have of the love of God demonstrated into their life. I remember uh, each year our church does Christmas hampers for our community, and, and I always try and drop some off, and I particularly remember one moment of, of dropping off a big hamper to someone at Christmas who wasn't going to be able to have presents for their kids, who were wondering whether they're going to actually have food on the table for Christmas Day. And, and the, the guy, I remember talking to him, and he, you know, it wasn't like he was working hard, but life was, has just turned a few things against him. 
him. He was just, just treading water to try and stay afloat and unable to provide for his family. The indignity of that and the, and the delivery of that hamper meant everything. But what it meant was, God hasn't forgotten me. God loves me. God is interested in me. Uh, there was a, a Teresa, not our Teresa and not Mother Teresa, but Teresa of, of a villa in the 1500s made this statement. It may well have been our Teresa. Uh, and it says this, Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hand through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, the eyes, the body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. The way that most people are going to experience the love of God is through you and I reaching out to people. Chris Pringle says this, and I love it. Acts of kindness are more often more powerful than miracles because it touches people's hearts and opens them up to the demonstration of love. And we've seen this personally uh, through compassion, which I'm going to talk about in, in a few moments. But I know just through giving the giving of food, the giving of, of money every month opens up people's hearts. It softens it because we're demonstrating the love of God. The third thing is, so the first one is when we help the poor, we're serving Jesus himself. When we help people in need, they experience the love of God. And the third thing is when we help those in need, Jesus is glorified. Jesus is glorified. That's part of our, our vision statement as a church. We're building a church where Jesus is glorified. To many people on the Sunshine Coast, this is not that church at Premier Circuit. To many people on the Sunshine Coast, this is not even C3 church. To many people on the Sunshine Coast, this is not that church with awesome worship. It's not that church with powerful, good-looking preaching. But you can spread the word. Okay, help me, help me. Uh, to many people on the coast, this is not, a, to many people on the coast, this church is that shine church. It's that church that, that reaches into our community. It's that church that delivers hampers and food parcels. And we're going to talk a bit more about it. I've, I've, you know, I remember the, the coffee person I used to buy coffee off down in Caloundra. She would meet people and she'd say, you need to go to that church because they do so many good things in the community. That's the kind of reputation that I want us to have along with the other things. It's not one or the other. It's not that we're powerful without being practical. We're practical and powerful. It's not that we, we have miracles, but don't reach out. We have miracles and we have compassion. It demonstrates who God is. And Jesus said it like this, let your light shine so before men, so shine before men that they may see your good works, your Christmas hampers, the money that you give to your neighbor when they're in need, the, the soup that you deliver when your neighbor goes to hospital, what, whatever it is, let them see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See, when we do acts of kindness, it might not mean that that person comes to church because our motto is that we give, we give to people in need with no strings attached, no expectation that we're doing this so that you'll come to church. Our hope is that that will be an experience of God's love for you. Our hope is that, that God will be glorified through this. But I, I, I know a pastor who put it like this, we give to the poor, not so they'll come to our church. We want them to, of course, but we want them to connect with God wherever. But we give to the poor so God comes to church. I want God to come to our church because we're reflecting his heart in what we do, all right? So when we help those in need, Jesus 
is glorified. I want to take a little bit of time this morning and just update you on a number of things that we do as a church. Uh, Danielle and I are enormously proud of, of what has been building within our church for beyond the walls of our church over, over the last, you know, probably 20 years. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you a few things so that if you're a part of this church and a member of this church, you get a, a real feel for what we do. The first thing is that we have a beyond account for our church. And so a percentage of our income, of all the, the tithes and offerings, everything that you give goes in to that particular account administrated by the board and our exec team and goes out to different groups of people. And I think we're going to put some of them up on the board. Uh, this year, already we've given about $42,000 uh, to projects beyond our church. I would imagine by the end of the year, we'll be up closely uh, to, to ninety dollars to $100,000 that we're giving into community and overseas projects beyond the walls of our church. Uh, some of those things, for example, we just gave $6,000 to a, a, a C3 training experience in Africa for about 20 to 30 young African pastors next year. And they're not pastors yet, but they're going to plant churches. And so we've, we're sponsoring in East Africa a five-day seminar where these the young potential planters can come in and be trained to go out and plant churches in Africa. Remember, our vision is to build the church, okay? We want to build the church. Whether it's here or around the globe, we're building the church. Uh, we, we've given, uh, we actually support the Clancy's and what they're doing. Okay, kids around the world ministering to children. We've kind of got th three distinct areas we like to give into. We like to give into church planting and ministries that are ministering to people. We like to give for the direct relief of poverty in, in, in situations where there is uh, terrible poverty and we can help. And then we like to give into our local community, okay? And so into our local community last year, no, this year already, we've given about $7,000 supporting chaplaincy at Kiwana State High, Bedina School, Meriden State High, emergency funds so that when families in the school hit problems, they can spend some money on those families. Uh, we've done that already this year. We've given about $11,000 into Shine Community Care from the church. Uh, we've just, this is really a, a, an exciting thing that's happened. We've just begun, uh, really in the last few days, Richard Green's a pastor in C3 who travels into the Middle East regularly. He goes to Kakistan, anything that ends in Stan, he goes there. And, uh, and he's seen a number of um, churches planted uh, in, in areas that are strongly ISIS areas. And as of uh, this week, we're going to start sponsoring a church pastor in Iraq. I can't tell you his name. I can't show you too many photos. He was an, an imam and a mullah at a mosque, studied for six years in a radical ISIS school. Uh, his brother was a suicide bomber who blew himself and a lot of people up. And his other brother is a radical ISIS person right now. This man has been converted to Christ. Uh, he, has, he, has, he has a... He's begun a church in Iraq. I think we've got some photos of, um, we can't put photos of him up, but okay, this is the latest convert being baptized, so we can't show faces. Uh, the, the, the pastor has what's called a fatwa out on him. It's like a, a bounty on his head for his death because he's converted to Christianity, okay? So every time you hear about what's going on, Christ's answer is love and salvation. Whenever there's hate going on, the answer for the church is love. Uh, another photo, there's been a, a house, a six-bedroom house has been sponsored. Okay, in, in this particular area, and that's one of the bedrooms. 
that was one of the bedrooms set up and so, so that it doesn't look like a church. They're getting incredible favor. Significant um, ISIS workers are converting to Christ. And so uh, as of this week, we're going to be sponsoring, because they said it's 12 grand a year to sponsor a pastor. I said, can we have that one? It, it told us his story. And so we're sponsoring a, a converted ISIS a mullah into preaching the gospel and seeing people converted. Isn't that cool? This is what your gifts, your money, when you're giving into our church, a percentage is going into this beyond our church. Okay. Okay. As well as that, uh, let's keep going. Okay. Compassion. Is a, is a, is a partnership. We're all about partnerships, whether it's with chaplaincy, whether it's through, with church planters, whether it's with churches who are, who are reaching into their communities and we're helping them. So compassion is a wonderful project that we partner with around the world. I want us just to watch a little video right now of one person's life who's been impacted. Mm -hmm. A child is waiting. Should have given the bring your tissues to church alert, shouldn't we? We should have indeed. This is Compassion, and uh, we've been partnering with Compassion for many years. As I said earlier, Michael and, Kate, Michael and Kate Gentle are the, the point people for Compassion in our church and ministry leaders. We have two projects currently, one in Thailand and, uh, Thailand and one in Uganda uh, that we've been involved in. We sponsor as a church, wait for it, 207 children uh, out of this church here right now. So give yourselves a big clap. That's... Uh, I think that's about $120,000 a year that is going out of this church, in addition to what I talked about earlier, that's going out of this church to share the love of God into people's hearts. And, and today there's a compassion um, stand set out there. You can, you can find a child. You can sponsor a child. We love this. Danielle and I have visited both of those projects. We love what they're doing. We've visited our sponsored children. Uh, it is just a very moving thing to meet the children that you sponsor and see the impact on them and their family and their eternal destiny as a, as a family. So there's a few things you can do in terms of compassion. Uh, one is you can, you can sponsor a child today. Uh, another is you can uh, go on a compassion trip. And many of our people have been on compassion trips over the years. I think we've had six compassion trips that have gone out of our church uh, starting back in 2011 uh, into Thailand and uh, four to Thailand and two to Uganda. I think we've got a slide of that. We can pop up there right now. Um, and so you, you could participate with that. What I'm proud to announce is uh, we are launching today Brazil as our new uh, area. We've got a vision. Uh, I'd love us to sponsor a thousand compassion children. I'd love uh, that to be a goal that we attain to as our church keeps growing over the years that we get to sponsoring a thousand compassion children. And so uh, we'd love to actually have a compassion project in every continent of the world. So we've got Africa, we've got Asia, now we're going to South America. So in the northeastern area of uh, Brazil, we're going to partner with five different churches. So you can, you can today find some little Brazilian children out there. I've got one here right now, Camille, Vitoria, Da Silva, Meroca, something like that. I live in Brazil, all right? So here she is. And uh, so the reason we want to go into different areas around the world is some people have got a heart for Asia, some have got a heart for Africa. Some have got a heart for, for South America. And so bit by bit, as we add different areas, uh, there'll be somewhere that you'll be able to partner with. And I encourage all of us to prayerfully consider that. Prayerfully consider going on a trip. It will change your life. 
No doubt about it. It will change your life as you go and visit your, your um, Compassion Child. You can visit the Compassion Project. Our team's minister in the local church and get involved in ministering and also serve. Often we try and partner it with a, a C3 conference in that area and can, our teams can serve at a C3 conference. So if you'd like to do that afterwards, see Michael and Kate or the team out in the foyer. That is Compassion. Give all of our Compassion crew a big hand. All right. The other thing that we do a lot of, and we're involved in supporting uh, missions and ministries and things, Cambodia is a particular area on our heart that we've given money into, into large outreach campaigns and projects there. But I want to just take a few moments to talk about what we do locally here. Uh, Shine Community Care is something that we launched, I think, 15 years ago. We've always had a heart for the Sunshine Coast community. Margaret Appleton, would you stand up, Margaret? Margaret is the Managing Director of Shine Community Care has been doing so for, for probably a dozen plus years, I would say, in that particular role, as well as being on the church board. And Margaret and Ken are a delightful couple in our church who serve with passion and enthusiasm. And, uh, and so, Shine, I want to, you know, you may have been around a while and know what Shine does. You may not be aware of what Shine does. And we've got a little video that we're going to show. Very cool. Very cool. I heard some comment about people looking younger in the video. I'm not sure what that's all about. It's just like yesterday. Uh, so Shine, under the great leadership of Margaret Appleton, give me a wave if you're a Shine volunteer. If you help out in Shine in different areas, well done. Come on, give a, a big round of applause to all the team, all the crew who help. Uh, this year already, Shine, we've helped about 1,580 people across the Sunshine Coast. Uh, there have been uh, 17 blitz days where we go in and help people uh, in their backyard or in their house. Uh, um, uh, over 300 emergency food packs were delivered last year. Uh, we've, last year we gave 162 Christmas hampers. What we try and do is we partner with um, agencies in our community um, who are really quite well known. I think we've got a list of them up there, but people like SU, people like Sunny Kids, Act for Kids, IFYS. Some, so if you were to talk to people in the, in the area of community care on the Sunshine Coast, these names are very well known. And out there in that part of, of the Sunshine Coast, the name Shine Community Care is held in the same level of these people. Uh, Margaret sits on, the, on, a, on a group of boards with the, the leaders of all of these groups talking about where funding can go and how can we help disadvantaged people better. So our church has a fantastic reputation in our community. We try and partner with these guys. We have a bus that they use. We help with food packs. We try and make our facilities available to, to groups who are helping those in need and really to do what we can to help people around the coast. Let me just tell you a couple of stories because it can sound like numbers when you're saying here's this number and that number. It was great to see Hilda's story. For example, this year uh, we've helped a single mum with twins um, who's had to go to Brisbane twice a week because of a brain tumour. Um, Shine helped her with food, with fuel vouchers, assisted with transport to Brisbane and emotional support during that time. Uh, we helped numbers of parents. Here's another example of a, a, a parents with two small, small children, one who was critically ill. And so Shine visited, helping with in-home assistance, um, provided opportunities for the parents to get away and have a break and have also bought special equipment to help with the feeding of that child. Uh, we helped single mums escape from domestic violence 
yards across the coast and get them into, into homes and help with school uniforms, help with financial needs. This is all us being the arms and feet of Jesus into our local community and uh, at Shine Community Care. Shine is not a little organization off here to the side of our church. I always talk about this at board meetings. Shine is really a vehicle to mobilize us, the church, in helping reach our community in, in different ways, but with acts of kindness. And in 2018, I'm not going to talk about it now, but there's going to be some exciting new initiatives that will allow more of us to be involved in doing things in our community. So it's not just a few, it's not just, and we've got probably, how many volunteers would there be in China, Margaret? About 100 all in, okay, involved in, in serving in China, which is wonderful. We'd love to see that go to two and 300 people across the year, at least as doing something practically to help someone locally on the Sunshine Coast. Who loves what we're doing in our community with Shine? It's all part of the value of compassion. The last thing that I want to talk about, I talked about us partnering with groups, okay? One of the groups that we've partnered with for many years, so there's Compassion, Shine with lots of different areas, but is CAP, Christians Against Poverty. A number of years ago, the founder of CAP, John Kirkby, visited our church to explain what CAP's all about. There are, all, there are different arms of CAP. It's budgeting courses, financial uh, support courses. Uh, there's a jobs club that we run here at church, helping people get equipped to, to find a job and that functions regularly. These are all ways, and what I love about it is people from our community are walking onto the premises of our church, not aware of what happens on a Sunday, but aware, I've got this need. I need work. I've got a financial problem. I, I, I've, I've got my grandkids, and, and I'm coming for a feed with a whole lot of other people. And they walk onto this property, and they're just their eyes are open. Could this be what church could be like? And it's, I love what happens. And CAP is one of those things that helps reach people who have got trapped in financial debt. So let's just watch just one minute of John Kirkby, the founder of CAP, talking about this. Wonderful, wonderful. One of the things that, that CAP does is, that, is people identify, I'm trapped in debt, I can't deal with it, I need a way out. And then someone from our team goes to visit that person and, and, and starts to help them and consolidate their debt so that they're no longer receiving the phone calls from creditors. And suddenly the weight comes off them of that. And then we start talking about budgeting answers and, and just sharing God's love in a very, very practical way. And we're looking for this actually to go to a new level right now. We've had some funding and support made available for that. So if you'd like to help, if, if that particularly hits your heart, then talk to Margaret about it and say, oh, how can I I be involved in helping people who are trapped in debt. You might have experienced that yourself once and someone reached out to you and you found a way through. Uh, there could be some great opportunities for you to be involved. Can I get the, the keyboardist to just come up now um, as we bring this to a close? So here's the question then, how do I get involved? What, what do I do? Because this is not them, this is us. And there are numbers of different ways that we can be involved. One is right now, we're going to receive up an offering. We do this every year on Beyond Sunday that goes specifically towards Shine Community Care. Uh, for the work that's being done, uh, all of our staff are volunteers. So I say staff, I use the word lightly. Okay, but all of our guys who treat this as a staff role volunteer right now. They're involved, they give of their time, they come in some for half a day, some for a day, some for two, some for three days. And so uh, we're not giving so much to wages or anything like that. We're just giving to projects that will happen. We're giving to feed the poor. We're giving to some of the, 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 the initiatives that we've got going on in our community right now. And so I want you on your seat is an envelope. So there's two things you can do. One is give, and that's what we're talking about right now.
There's an envelope, uh, a shine envelope. That if you use the shine envelope, it's tax deductible. So essentially you can use this as a receipt for later uh, for your tax in the next coming year. But we're going to receive up an offering to really support what we do. This is an extension of that value that we're a compassionate church who spreads God's love, shines God's love through practical things in our community and beyond. The other thing that you can do, much like Compassion, is you can go on Compassion Trip or with Shine, you can volunteer to be involved. We need all sorts of different people. Uh, Whether you've got a mercy gift or a gift of leadership or encouragement or you don't know what you've got but you just want to help, your heart's moved and say, I'd like to be, I've got some practical skills. I can be helped with a a, a blitz in a home for someone and go and do some practical things. Maybe you're a tradie, whatever it might be. But after the service, there is a shine shine desk set up in the foyer and Margaret and the team will be there and they would love to to, uh, empower you to serve. Isn't that right, Margaret? You do a fantastic job. I love Margaret Appleton. She's a legend. Give her a big clap. All she does with all of the team, they do a wonderful thing. So yeah, we're gonna. If you're just uh, just filling that card out right now as you're preparing to give, that would be great. An expression of our church. I love being a compassionate church. I love shining the love of Jesus Christ into our community and all around the world. I love being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ and Jesus being glorified as we do this. So I thank you, stewards, as you come to receive these up right now. People are are writing in them. I'm going to pray as we just bring this to a close. Father, thank you. Your word says to, to those who are given much, much is required. And you've given much to us. And I'm asking today, Spirit of God, that you would prompt us. We don't want to live in our comfort zone. We want to minister to you, Jesus, whether it's sponsoring a child, whether it's going on a trip, whether it's serving locally through Shine, whether it's giving right now, whether it's getting involved in Christians Against Poverty, whatever it is, Holy Spirit, tap on our hearts, prompt us, Let lives be transformed and Jesus glorified by what we do right now. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, stewards.